Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team, of course. Well, three days on and we're still scratching our heads trying to work out how on earth we capitulated against Wolves this weekend. We'll do our best over the next few minutes anyway to dissect that result. Plus, Frankie cranks up the heat with today's spicy question. But before Frankie poses me that flaming hot question, it's time I check in on him. Frankie, how have you been? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm sort of floating around, unwanted, uninvited. Um, you know, I'm between flats at the moment, so no one has a room at the inn. I'm just kind of like finding random hotels to stay at. You know, I'm <laughs> sort of tempted to just go on a tour around the country and just stay in the most random places while I wait to move in somewhere. Hey, listen, why, why got the chance? Do it. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, might do. In honesty. Yeah, just head up to, I don't know, Barrow or something, rub it in that we beat them 6-0. <laughs> Take that, Barrow people. I played a bit of football, you know, tried, sort of wanted to kick out all the frustration of this weekend's uh, capitulation mm. and um, ended up injuring my ankle, like rolled my ankle. And annoyingly, the opposing team were accusing me of diving at first as well, which was uh, really just rubbed it in. And um, I will have my vengeance. I'm sort of, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to do a Roy Keane on them and Haaland, but you know, <laughs> all right, those thoughts have crossed my mind. I don't, th- I don't think you, I don't think you have that in you, Frankie. Right. But what I do think you have in you is a very flamboyant way in which to fall to the ground. <laughs> so I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm assuming that you did kind of like, you know, the, the sort of the signalling for the yellow card to the referee, all that, all that sort of Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely, you know, just trying, I was to, got, trying to milk it. Well, I was, uh, the, the imaginary doing. yellow. Um, you know, uh, peeking through my fingers, just make to see if the referee was watching. Um, really laid it on thick with the limping, but no, yeah, I'm a. You got like some like Diego Simeone type manager by the, on the touchline, just sort of encouraging <laughs> that sort of behaviour. Yeah, <laughs> he walks on <laughs> and he starts on the opposing team as well. I tell you what, I've been, I was, I was watching, um, I was watching the first half of the Liverpool Atletico game this evening actually before this uh, before we start recording this he's he's such an enigmatic character isn't he Simeone? he absolutely loves it mm. he's 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 a sort of manager that like you know when it was covid obviously peak covid no fans in the stadium he must have absolutely hated mm. it because he he gets so much of a buzz and the fans vice versa from him like absolutely losing his mind from on the when he grabbed his balls he actively <laughs> like, like they scored a goal against Juventus and he's just there like cupping his you know his nether regions at the fans. Imagine if, D- Imagine if Dean Smith did anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> can, can, can be like, the crowd would be cheering a goal and then there's just this stunned silence would fall upon the entirety of Villa Park. <laughs> What's Smith doing? It's just, just grabbing his crotch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What a sight! What a sight that would be! Oh, that'd be a sight for sore eyes, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Wouldn't it? <laughs> oh wow, that'd be amazing. Well, listen, let's 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 um let's try and move on from that from that hideous image <laughs> we've got in our mind to a, to an equally hideous image, which was a sight of Wolves taking a three-two lead in the last minute against uh, Aston Villa at Villa Park this Saturday. I mean, how? How do, I mean, where do we start with this? How do we pick the bones out of this one, Frankie? Where where did it all go wrong, bar the last maybe sort of 15 minutes when we just sort of gave in? I feel like I needed a few days to digest exactly what I witnessed. Um, weirdly, when it was 2-0, um, uh, I kind of felt like Wolves were putting a bit of pressure on and thought, oh, if they get one goal, you never know. And then they got it literally within 30 seconds of me sort of saying that. 
And um, I think we've now become just the third Premier League team ever to drop a 2-0 lead and lose 3-2 in the final 10 post the 80th minute, I think. Um, but yeah, that's... Uh, well, I'm still, I'm still just speechless, like absolutely speechless. But by, by, I mean, I thought, by and large, I thought we were the better team until the 75th minute, maybe. That probably mm. coincides with Douglas Louise going off. Yeah. Deadly Douglas has been playing really well this season. Um, played in Brazil or was in Brazil, you know, just barely 24 hours earlier. Uh, same with Emmy Martin has been uh, over in Argentina. And um, so, you know, like... It's a shame that Douglas couldn't manage the full 90. It's a shame Buendia couldn't do the full 90. Mm. He's probably lacking match fitness at the moment. And uh, Matty Cash's injury, it kind of, you know, for as catastrophic as that loss is, it kind of, um, or that turnaround was, it, a few things did go against us. So it's probably worth pointing that out. But at the same time, you still have the players on the pitch to think that surely you're not going to capitulate like that. And then we just did. And, you know, it reminded me a bit of like, our first season in the Premier League, um, yeah, you know, at the did. start when we'd be winning games 1-0, 2-0 or 2-1 or whatever. And then the last 15 minutes, we would always concede like two goals and just panic and fall mm. apart. And that was, yeah. that. it was eerily reminiscent of that kind of performance. It was a bit like when Arsenal beat us 3-2. Do you remember that? Two yeah, years yeah. ago. Very similar. Yeah, very similar. A game like that where you kind of just felt like, oh, they're just overpowering us here now and we've just sort of lost our heads completely and so you can see three set pieces fairness to Wolves their subs were Danny Pedence was fantastic when he came on we just didn't handle mm. him um, and then uh, Fabio Silva came on and stretched us a bit more a bit more movement up front than what Huang was offering but um, you know there's still no it's just there's just no excuse for what happened I think and uh, you know do you you know, we've defended the 3-5-2 on here, the 5-3-2. We've said it's a formation that can work um, and it has worked. Um, but, you know, the last two games, does that ra- does it raise questions about it? You know, do you think it has anything to do with the formation? What happened on Saturday? Possibly. Um, possibly. I mean, you know, we talk about the 3-5-2 being quite a fluid formation, um, you know, and, and it's all very much, it all very much hinges on, the kind of ability of your fullbacks, you know, it's, it's, it's either you can, you can have a five man midfield and, and look quite offensive or you can drop them back into a five man defense. Um, and then you, and then you get very defensive. I, I think, I think once the momentum shifted, um, I'm surprised Smith didn't change the formation because it looked like we were then retreating into ourselves. Everybody was dropping back um, Ings and Watkins began looking increasingly isolated, and I just thought what we needed was some uh, sort of uh, just just a change in formation, basically, and maybe personnel to to try and get that get that momentum back. Um, and I thought it was it was a case of uh, substitutes on either side, um, one working really well for Wolves and one working really badly for us. I thought, I thought, you know, when the camera came on, um, he struggled slightly again. <sighs> you know, Young and, and Ramsey, unfortunately for Ramsey, obviously he, he gave away that free kick quite needlessly, which mm. obviously led to Wolves' winner. Um, I know it was a, sort of a, a lucky deflection, but still he shouldn't be giving away a free kick like that um, at that time with, with Wolves obviously looking for the winner. Um, 
so that was disappointing but we just yeah i think i think that's a fair assessment to say that it looked a lot like how we were performing in the first season back in the premier league where all it took was kind of one goal um and and we just we just sort of yeah capitulated and and we and we felt just very deflated as a team so many errant passes from from players i thought i thought mings was sloppy twanzebi was sloppy yeah um and that was that was disappointing to see because you know you know both of them they're 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 now experienced premier league players to see them sort of performing like you know novices mm. you know, mings is now a fully fledged england international he shouldn't be he shouldn't be making making the mistakes he made um uh on saturday so that was disappointing to see but yeah i think going back to your original question we've got the players now to to change formation and to play in a different way which we which we've said before we, we haven't really had the tools in previous seasons to do so it'd be interesting going into the next game to see what um against arsenal isn't it i think mm. um to see how how we do change it i think it, d- it depends whether or uh, whether bailey's back fit um i think that that will that might persuade um smith to to change formation i thought Buendia when he played was 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 good. Yeah, I thought um, it was, it was I nice to played, see him start. Showed really good signs of creativity. I thought he he did. So, so whether you know Smith might be keen then once Bailey's fit and Traore's back as well. Obviously, whether he might decide to go back to a four three three, we'll wait and see. But but certainly, given the last two performances and obviously results, it's got to be something he's, he's, he needs to be thinking about. Yeah, we haven't really had the. Uh necessarily the wingers haven't been fit so again it's still trying to work out well i mean we, i just don't think we've had our best 11 available yet this season which is no, no, no. pretty maddening eight games in um you know bailey trior tricky triore um trezeguet el Garza, you know i mean el Garza is the only one who's fit at the moment i think of those sort of out and out wingers then you'd say buendia also tends to play on the right um so um, you know, I'd lo- I'd love to see. I just love to see a game where we had maybe like a Bailey Watkins and Buendia as a front three or Triore, mm. just something like that. Um, but the, I mean, look, the three five two has worked. Like it has. There have been games where we've looked like really good, and I thought for spells against Wolves, it actually looked quite good. But um, mm. you know, to have as many defenders on the pitch as we did uh, late on against Wolves. It, it's not, you know, you're playing at home. It's a bit, it's a funny, it's funny to see that many defensive players on. Um, and if I'm to say, I mean, if anyone's excelled in the 3 5 2, I think it's Matty Cash. I think it's been a yeah. formation that's yeah. just, you know, he looks like a player reborn, really. Um, you know, the handsome, uh, you know, princely knight that he looks like. I'm telling you, he looks <laughs> like a fantasy character, doesn't he? He's, I always think like if I was playing Legend of Zelda, I could just see him like, you know. Is it the hair? The is, it, is it the hair? Do you think? Yeah, the, sort of the kind of the, the boyish, sort of the boyish good looks. I could see him as one of the elves in Lord of the Rings or something. You know, like <laughs> him and Legolas, like a best mates. They've known each other. They're, I mean, elves like live forever, don't they? So they've known each other for like fifty million years or something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I digress. He's he's <laughs> played uh, really well. Um, but uh, would I say it suited Target as much? Probably not. Uh, no. In the first season, when did we get better defensively? When we were when we were back four, um, has it suited Conter as much? I think Conter probably hasn't. I mean, Conter's an absolutely sensational player, but he's probably not 
uh, at his best in a three, I would imagine, no. or I would say. Um, yeah, Twan Zabi didn't have a great game. I think the Wolves' two big chances in the first half both came from sloppy passes from Twan Zabi. But then again, he's not necessarily fully, not totally up to speed himself. He's been out a little while. Um, so there's just there are just a fair few things that have conspired against us a little bit. I think that you know we have been a bit unlucky. Um, I mean, another player that's probably excelled, I'd say, as well, is John McGinn. He looks like he's mm. back at it, doesn't he? He's, uh, yeah. he's, he's the John McGinn we all know and love. Um, re, you know, just playing at a level where I'm like, yeah, he's uh, he's just a... He, he could play, I feel like he could... There's, ve- there's a lot of very, very good sides he could make a lot better, I think. Um, yeah. So, you know... Uh, Oh, it's, it's, I feel like I'm just like so down about it. Um, it's not. It's it's a tough one for Smith. I think. I think that's a bad. I think that's a bad result. Like Wes Edens was in the stadium. Mm. Um, you know, it's just one of them that I think. You know, we were talking about it the other week, the Smith out thing. You know, and how ridiculous it was. Um, but there is that contingent there, and uh, I can imagine that this result will be one that they like to refer to i would say um i still think it's far too early to be talking about things like smith and you know this is ridiculous but... yeah yeah i mean i mean i mean we said at the start of the season that it was going to be a roller coaster didn't we you know there'll be there'll be ups and downs as the season goes on we're still very much in the early stages of it and as you you've said we've, we've yet to really have a full strength side uh available um right from the off we've we've, we've had injury in, injury problems Every single week, it seems there's, there's there's been somebody that hasn't been available, um, and so, you know, we've probably been a bit tied uh, up by that in terms of being able to uh, perhaps change our shape, change our personnel, change our our formations. Um, I don't know if you've saw you've seen kind of in recent days we've been linked with um, Aaron Hickey, the the left back at Bologna, yeah, I saw the, that, the, yeah. the Scots. I mean, I'll be honest. I I don't know too much about Bologna and how they're doing in Serie A, but um, I've I've kind of seen enough to know that he he's, he seems like quite a highly rated player. And they play they play with a back five, and he does well. Um, he does well in that sort of formation, which which suggests if that if those rumours are to be, be believed, that Smith has faith in the in the five three two going forward. Um, and it would also just explain the reason why he brought Danny Ings. You know, we were all scratching our heads thinking, well, how, how are Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins going to play together? Well, that the five three two seems like the most sensible um, formation for them both to, 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 to play off each other. Um, so this is, you know, this, I think this is very much kind of on Smith. I think Smith has decided that this is the best formation for him. Um, that's not to say he won't change it if he, if he, needs to as, as again we've discussed in, in recent episodes i think he is quite a flexible manager and if and if he feels that he needs to change something then he will do if it's not working i just i just think smith will look at that and and maybe see wolves as a freak result i hope he doesn't i hope he, he reflects on it in more detail but obviously we did go 2-0 up and we were playing well we we i think on the balance of it i know the last 10 minutes were just a complete aberration but over the course of 80 minutes we you know, we were, we were, you know, it was a very competitive game. Let's not forget, we, we were very much in it and we obviously should have won it being 2-0 up with, with 10, 15 minutes to go. Um, but yeah, it's where the Smith looks at that and thinks, you know, I think the 5-3-2 is working. I'm going to stick with it and persist with it. 
And then, yeah, as you say, it's on him. Wes Eden's in the stadium watching on. Um, it's, I suppose, you know, it's never great having your boss in the stands. The pressure is very much on you. Mm. Um, but you know, I, I don't think I don't think that will bother Smith too much. I think, I think he's he's someone who's sort of you know he he's he he accepts football is is you know you go from game to game and you win some lose some. Obviously, it has a, he has a very philosophical approach to things. So um, yeah, we, we you know we, we're up against Arsenal. I think that will be an intriguing game because I watched their game against Palace yesterday and they sort of lost. Really, mm. they were very very lucky to get anything out of that game. I thought Palace looked like a really good side under Vieira. Um, so it's two sides, not in particularly great form, both mid table and, you know, it'd be great to continue our, our winning run against them. And hopefully Smith will have more players at his disposal to, um, to do some, to do some damage. Yeah. I mean, Smith's shown himself before he's somebody who learns from mistakes or things that have gone wrong and can rectify it. And, um, yeah, I, I, I believe he can, he'll, he can do the same again. Um, I think which I just feel with Villa eventually we're going to have our best 11 um, and eventually we're not going to have this irritating disruption of players having to go to red zone countries um, over in, you know, in South America, flying, you know, mm. doing a lot of traveling around other players going out to, you know, wherever to do the internationals, you know, eventually these, that's going to stop and we're going to have a run of games where finally everybody's fit and up to speed. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point we get a bit of a, a statement result. We've already had a couple this season, but we get another one. And from mm-hmm. that, the confidence builds. We can keep players fit together and grow in confidence and go on and win quite a few games. But that might take a little bit of time. So I, I know we keep saying it. Patience is the key this season. It is a bit of a transitional season. I think we all know that. Um but just patience. And I, I think we've, we've shown enough signs so far. I think Buendia showed signs of growth the other day, particularly that um, yeah. the good times can come this season. We just might have to be, we might have to endure a couple of annoying results before we get there. Definitely. And, and you know, bearing in mind, I know we beat Wolves um, last season. Um, was it home and away? We beat them. Beat them 1 0 at uh, away. Uh, El Ghazi County. Yeah. I think it was 0 0 at home. That's right. You're right. Yeah. Um, but then if you if you if you look back to the season before that, you know, Wolves are miles away the better team, which was um which was difficult to watch, you know. So so again, it's just taking a bigger picture view of everything and and you know, understanding that, you know, we are we are still, you know, we're a good Premier League side now. Um, and we're competitive in every game that we play, which we never used to say. So you've got to try and stay positive. And I'm and I'm also glad the game against Arsenal has come after the international break. I don't think that Wolves game would have been great to sit on for yeah, two weeks. Yeah, that's true, you know what actually, I mean? Yeah. It's one of the, it's one of those games you need to kind of like obviously learn from, but try and forget about, move on to the next game and try and, you know, get back on the horse as quickly as possible. So I'm, I'm, I'm I am glad that was the first game back after, after the international break, because we can just go at it again against Arsenal. Um, we're away from home and I, it's weird. It's weird. It's one of those weird ones where I think, you know, sometimes away from home, we, sort of perform better i think perhaps yeah, sometimes often, the yeah. expectation of the villa park crowds as we talked about before um can can weigh heavy sometimes on certain players that we have so away from home shackles are off again and we can go out and um yeah try and get a result against arsenal all villa no filler on twitter instagram and facebook welcome back everybody now it's time for this 
It's that time in the show where we add a little bit of spice, throw in some very hot flavors as we cover the controversial questions and or get the creative juices flowing in this, the spicy question. And today, George, we've been talking formations like a pair of nerds that we are. And I'm asking you about whether Villa go to a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3. And you might have to drop one of Watkins or Ings. Who do you drop? Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. I mean, obviously, you know, Ings has has been the more prolific this season. He scored more goals, obviously, than Watkins, although it was nice to see Watkins um, get his goal against Spurs a couple of weeks ago. See, Ings scored a lot. Actually, we didn't talk about this, really. Ings' goal um, this weekend was was lovely. I thought I thought his his kind of movement, it was kind of classic, kind of fox-in-the-box um, style sort of header, wasn't it? Sort of great movement. That sort of reading that cross from was it McGinn who put the ball in? Yeah, um, brilliant really work from nice McGinn. Thing. That was yeah, great work. Um, and uh, you know, great header uh, right into the sort of bottom corner. Um, so he's he's obviously the one who's more in form, and you know he's the one who um, who you know over the course of a few seasons now is 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 so prolific in the in the Premier League generally. Um, but you know, Watkins offers offers just a bit something a bit different, I guess. I think Watkins is obviously much more of a grafter, a presser. He um he's got energy to burn, and maybe that's more suited to how we play as a team more generally. Mm. So it's it's a tough one. I mean, I could you could say if we did go to a four three three, Watkins could shift out wide. Yeah, but I'm not entirely sure we'd get the best out of him if he did. Although yeah. he obviously played that way at Brentford. Oh, I think, I think at the moment I might go for Ings. Right. If we went 4-3-3. I think I would. Yeah. I think I would. I think, I don't know what's going on with Watkins at the moment. I think he's playing a bit within himself and he could be one of those players that just needs maybe to be taken out the firing line a little bit. Um, perhaps. I don't know. I just, I just think, I just think, you know, you don't take the player out who's who's been scoring your goals, you know what I mean? And Ings and seems like someone who's, you know, he, he doesn't seem to be lacking confidence. His goal against Newcastle would, would tell you as much. Um, so I would I would go for Ings. But as we've said before, I wouldn't necessarily throw in the towel on the 5-3-2 just yet. I think, as I mentioned, you know, if we when we face Arsenal... And we know that Buendia and Traore are fit and, and ready to play, then that might then that might change things. But as things stand at the moment, and when you know we're both not entirely sure whether that is the case, I probably would stick with the five three two and stick with the two up front in Watkins and Ings. But as I said, if they are fit and ready to be selected, then I think the guy I would personally go for at the moment would be would be Danny Ings. What 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 do you think? Okay, yeah. Um as a lone striker, I think I'd lean more towards Watkins. Um I thought towards the end of last season he looked absolutely brilliant and he'd really got up to speed in the Premier League. He got his goal for England as well and he looked really good in the friendlies he played for them. Um coming into this season obviously he's lost Jack Grealish to play with. God I think we've had to, I really wish there was a day we could not I could not mention that name. <laughs> Um, it should be. It should be. There should be like a sort of a swear jar. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you mention Grealish's name, you put a quid in or something. Yeah. Um, and then you know, use the money to spend on a big night out. <laughs> but yeah, I, I uh, 
I, I think Watkins is more suited, I think, to being a lone striker. I think he probably has more experience of it. He's he's excelled as a lone striker before. His mm. p- pressures that he puts on are um, just really high quality. And I'm certain that if you've had a run of games with, let's imagine, Tricky Traore to his right, Wendia behind him, and um, a good old Bailey on the left, um, mm. he'd score loads of goals. Um, I'm sure he would... Um, but uh, I think if you were to say right now who's who's in more form, it, it's Ings. Um, the two up front suits him more, I think. At the moment, I don't feel like we've seen Ing the, the Wings partnership. Um, I don't think they've necessarily like they're quite on the same wavelength yet. It hasn't really worked so far, to be fair. They haven't played a great deal together yet still. But you'd be hoping by now there'd be, more, there'd be at least more signs of a sort of... A, a, um, a more workable partnership and uh, you know during that time there have been good moments um, you know this season Ings has had a couple of I mean he had a brilliant goal against Newcastle fantastic assist against Everton as well but Watkins uh, hasn't quite got up to speed yet because he had that injury he's still you know working his way back into a new formation so um, I just think they're two brilliant strikers the quite contrasting strikers I think Mm. Um, you would expect, therefore, that it might work quite nicely if they're sort of quite different. But um, I think as a lone striker, I think I prefer Watkins, to be honest. And I think Watkins has a he has a longer to go in his career as well and is a player we should really build around. I think he's a fantastic player. And, uh, yeah, he's not necessarily played so well just yet this season, but th- those times will come. Um, so I think, personally, for me, I would go Keenan Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Archer is knocking on the door, isn't he? Archer's knocking on the door. Archer's knocking very, on the door. Yeah, he's very young. Um, he should get some uh, minutes, some more minutes this season. I'm certain he will. But yeah, I, I think I'd go Watkins as the lone striker at the moment. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, it's, it's, one of those, it's one of those conundrums, really, because Ings, we brought Ings in for 30-odd million quid which is a lot of money to pay for someone who's 29 years old. Is he 29? 29. But I mean, strikers in this era do seem to um, play well in the mid-30s. Absolutely. And, you know, he he obviously keeps himself in good shape and I fully expect him to play for at least another three, four seasons. But um, what I mean is if you you spend that amount of money on a player like Danny Ings, whose profile um, is a big one, and he's someone who could have easily signed for a for a club higher up in the table than us obviously he wouldn't be as guaranteed as many games as he would expect to get at Villa Park and that's and that's that's part of the problem isn't it it's kind of when you when you spend that amount of money on a player like him who's who's clearly joined us expecting to play week in week out particularly at his age when you do encounter problems with a formation and you and you consider going to one up front then you know as we've been discussing, who do, who do you drop? Um, it's 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 difficult. I mean, hopefully Ings is a. I mean, he, he comes across as quite a professional bloke who I'm sure would understand if we went through a, a bad patch of form, he would get a change of formation and, and hopefully he'd understand not playing every single week. Uh, but 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 who knows? Um, and and it goes back to kind of the questions we were asking when Ings signed, wasn't it? It was. You know he's not a Jack Grealish replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's uh, he is he is a, a great player who we signed along with for other really good players 
um, in that sort of position that we can sort of interchange. But yeah, whether he's happy with that, I don't, I guess we'll see as the season goes on. Um, and yeah, I think, I think you're right, obviously with Watkins, he has for us performed better in a 4-3-3. But as you say, again, that was with the sort of, you know, talismanic, uh, performances of Jack Grealish alongside him. So whether he performs as well without him in a 4-3-3, I guess we haven't seen yet. Um, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, unfortunately, I thought by October, we'd have more answers than questions when it comes to formations and personnel. And it seems that we're left with, particularly after the last two performances and defeats, we're, we're sort of left with you know, much more questions about who we play, how we play, where we play. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's, um, it's, that's, that's kind of a frustrating thing, but you know, it's, it is a roller coaster already as we predicted it would be. So I guess it's a case of, you know, strapping in Frankie. Yeah. Staying on the ride. That was the spicy question and me and George couldn't agree on who we would start out of Watkins and Ings. If you have an opinion on that, you can let us know by getting in touch. You can email us at allvillanofiller at gmail.com or you can contact us through Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Okay, let's look ahead to Villa's next game then. As we've discussed, it's against uh, Arsenal away on Friday. Um, Frankie, how do you think that one is going to go? Um, well, I didn't see the Arsenal game against Crystal Palace um, because I was busy rolling around on a pitch with an injured ankle, been <laughs> accused of diving. But yeah, I think uh, we've got a good record against them recently. Three wins in a row. Yeah. Uh, desperately need to sort of bounce back from a really horrific result against Wolves, obviously. So... And well, two bad results, really. We were bad against Spurs as well. Um, so we, I think if we just, if we go to Arsenal, I think the way we've beaten them recently and the way Palace caused them problems is to just press them, just put them under a high press, and put them under pressure. And, you know, last night, two of the, the two goals they conceded, I think, came from mistakes that were brought about by um, the Palace players putting them under um, yeah. quite intense pressure high up the pitch. So, um, you know, I think... Uh, we should aim to do the same. Um, I think it'd be, I'm not sure what he's going to play actually, because I'm, I'm intrigued to see, I don't know the extent of Matty Cash's injury. Yeah. If Cash is fit, I imagine he'll stick, stick with the three, five, two, um, just because I'm not, you know, I'm not sure our wingers are going to be back for it either. Um, since that kind of rules out a four, three, three or four, two, three, one, maybe, um, but uh, I th- I think he's going to stick with the formation, um, and uh, but that might be contingent on whether Cash is fit. If Cash isn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see us go to a back four then. Actually, um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> hard to call. I mean, it's a it's a big decision for Dean Smith, I think, with the formation this week. Which what does he go for? We've beaten Arsenal's a four through three. Um, three times in a row now. Um, they're in pretty average, well, okay-ish form, um, but they're a pretty average side. I think they're very beatable. We absolutely mm. can do them. Um, would Bukayo Saka and Nicolas Pepe enjoy 
um, breaking our lines and press it and put it, you know, with their pace attacking our back three. Yes, I think they probably would. Um, so we're going to have to be quite disciplined with coping with those two players. And also, Aubameyang seems to have started scoring, so that's a bit of an issue. But I do really think we can go there and bully them. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Absolutely. And it'd be interesting to see how Smith Rowe performs, given the transfer saga that we were all endured. We all had to endure over most of the summer Yeah, uh, when we kept putting bids in. But obviously he decided to stick around and sign that new contract as Arsenal's number 10. I mean, yeah. it's hell of a big boots to fill for for, for him. Um yeah, I think I think you're right. I think if uh, you know, obviously, in, in players like Luis and certainly McGinn, we have the players that can can really get stuck into Arsenal's midfield and and win the ball and and be that platform to to break from. Um, we've got the pace of uh, of Watkins and Wendia and Cisse if if Bailey's fit and Traore's fit, and you know we've got the wingers as well who can who can hurt them um, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, we do have a really good recent record against them. And I think their performance against Palace that I watched um, doesn't suggest that there's been much change at Arsenal. They got that result against Spurs and it seems that they've all been kind of hoodwinked into thinking that that's, that's, that's been a performance that's, that's going to mark a turnaround in their, in their fortunes. I mean, given the result against Palace and the performance, no chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, you know, they, they have, they haven't, there's no change there as far as I can work out. So I think if we can go out there and, and, and um, yeah, uh, really sort of dive into the game, um, we've got every chance of, of, uh, of uh, getting three points. And I think, I think with the five, three, two, it does, I think it does work better away from home. I think, um, there will be an expectation, particularly from the Arsenal fans, to to get a result against against Villa. Mm. Um, they'll be desperate for it to, to beat us, as, as as we've been saying, given their recent track record against us. Um, and I think that's that could be more of a motivating motivating factor for us. I think Arsenal notoriously <laughs> don't do well under pressure um, from from fans, and you know, expectation they seem to struggle under that sort of you know, expectation levels which exist at the Emirates. Mm. Um, which are, are unfounded really at the moment. It's a difficult situation for them. So if we can, um, yeah, if we can take advantage of that, then I think we've got every chance of turning it around. And I know Smith will be absolutely de- desperate given the last two results to um, to turn it around against them. And I, and I do think it's a sort of game that we will win. I do. I think, I think as I said, it's going to be a bit of a roller coaster season where we do, we'll, we'll end up losing two games on the bounce and then, you know, maybe winning two, drawing three, yeah, losing two. Do you know what I mean? It'll be like that sort of season. I don't think we'll have a a run of losses, and we won't have a run of defeats. We'll kind of be quite patchy, I think, over the course of the season. So I'm, I'm think, I think, I think we will go there, and I think we'll get a result. Personally, Frankie, yeah. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if you're that confident, but I, I do think we'll get something. Yeah, uh, it would demonstrate a great strength of character if uh, we. Um, can bounce back from that Wolves result very quickly and get a either a win or even a draw at the Arsenal. Um, I'm going to say I think it ends up being two two. I'm I'm going to go I'm going to go two nil Villa. Okay, yeah, I like it. I tell you what, we should do a tally of our predictive results. Oh, yeah, you know, like on the on the uh, on the BBC website with Mark Lawrence. Yeah. And just see, <laughs> and see over the course of the season how right or. <laughs> absolutely wrong we both are I swear every, every time I look at Loro p- predicting Villa scores 
Yeah. Well, you know, I don't like Villa. Are they going to lose again? They've won 10 in a row, Mark. Well, you know, who cares? Who even likes football? I don't. Very good impression, Frankie. <laughs> well, people should listen to us. We know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, who who would be winning the predictions so far? I think. I think you'd be. I think you you'd think? be nudging it. Actually, I think you'd be more than nudging it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. I, think, I I predict. I, I predicted. I predicted with. I think we both predicted a draw against Wolves, and up until the ninety fifth minute, we we were on course for that. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're too. I don't think we're ever too far off, to be honest. Yeah. Really. I think, I think I you're think more normally, confident than I am usually. Yeah, I'm probably more optimistic of, of Villa winning games. Um, and, and I don't know where that, that optimism comes from. I've been supporting Villa for 33 <laughs> years. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, through the, I'm through like, the winter of discontent of like in the last five seasons. Two years older than yeah. you. So, you know, I've got the uh, two years of extra baggage to carry around. That's possibly. But then, but then when we were growing up, you know, in our, in our formative years, Villa were, the winning Coca-Cola cups oh. and finishing fourth every season, competing in the in the in the intertoto. Life was easy. <laughs> so yeah. Life was easy. It was, wasn't right. it? Um, we never had it so good. Yeah. So maybe maybe our mindsets have been have been sort of so, cultured yeah. in that in that way. How good were the nineties when you think back on it? Friends was on TV, Seinfeld was on TV, The Simpsons was on TV. Uh you know, you had all these great action movies like Speed, Independence Day, <laughs> Jurassic Park, The Matrix. Uh, Aston Villa were actually really good. God, yeah. what, what a time to be alive that was, kids. Yeah, take take me back, Frankie. <laughs> I've been I've been I've been I've been watching them. Um, I've been watching that documentary on the BBC. It came out a couple of weeks ago, um, but I've just got round to watching it about the formation of the Premier League and oh, yeah. uh, you know the, the how how Sky got involved and how they tried to turn it into kind of a big, all singing, all dancing kind of American style competition. I remember that. Uh, and and at the start it looked a bit naff, um, but uh, but yeah, it was it was just interesting when you go back through the kind of league tables of the formative years of the Prem and Villa. We, we were so, Frankie, we were so good. I know. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, as I said, you know, I think it's I think it's all it's all that when it comes to Villa predictions, I'm always thinking, yeah, but what if what if Dwight's on the score sheet? I have to shake my head yeah. and realise that Dwight York left the club 25 years ago. Yeah. Um, and snap myself back into uh, into the 21st century. But um, but what if? Yeah. What if Graham Fenton can just head one in at the back post? <laughs> yeah. Um, I know, I know. But I, I, I just, yeah, I think, I think, um, I do think Arsenal are there for their taking. So I'm, I'm, I am, I'm thinking, I'm thinking we can, we can go there and get a win. Why not? Yeah, tell that Arsenal. We're going to lay the smack down. Believe. Hashtag believe. Okay, thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, George Zelinski. See you later, Frankie. Catch you later up the villa. Up the villa, and it's goodbye from me. We'll be back later this week. But until then, come on, Super Aston Villa. Super Aston Villa.